Alright guys, welcome to day nine. Can you believe it? We are approaching double digits. I'm basically a full-time YouTuber and the subscriber count is rising. The road to a milli is well and truly underway. We are at a whopping 23. Can you bloody believe it? <laughs> but guys, I've told you already, the first 100 founding subscribers are getting Lambos, helicopters, mortgage paid off, the lot. So I know your dog's probably got a YouTube account, your mum's got one, and all of your friends have got one. Have you told all your friends? Have you got your dog's account subscribed? Have you got your mum's account subscribed? If the answer to any of those questions is no, then you need to reevaluate your existence on this planet, basically. I'm joking, but any love and support that you can show the channel would be much appreciated. We are not in this for the vanity metrics, but it would be nice, wouldn't it, if we could kind of share the success story of this channel. In case you are stumbling across my channel for the first time, my name is Doug, I'm an online coach, and I work specifically with drained nine to five guys in very high pressure careers who are struggling with work-life balance and really wanna take back control of their health, reboot their mindset, and get their edge back. But this is not a sales pitch, this is a value giving channel. And as you will have seen from today's video, we are talking about morning routines. This was actually a requested video. So thank you very much. Our first request, I feel honored. And morning routines is a very well-versed topic. I'm certainly not the first person to speak about it. We all, whether we realize it consciously or subconsciously, have one. We are creatures of habit and routine. Our brains love it. It's called homeostasis. But some of them are terrible and some of them are great. Now, of course, I'm only going to give you my opinion, what has worked for me, but I also have the fortune of having worked with hundreds of other guys and girls, because I used to work with girls as well. Not sexist, just prefer working with guys. And I can tell you, for the vast majority of people, what works and what doesn't. Second caveat, I am not a parent. I do not have young children. So if you are sitting there shaking your head already, being like, yeah, but mm, I've got kids. Cool, congratulations, I don't, I probably can't help you. So, see ya. Um, so let's get into it, the good and the bad, the ugly. So, what's quite funny is I actually did a three-part reel on my worst, how I would construct my worst day possible. And a big portion of that, pretty much the whole of part one, which was like a minute and a half, I hadn't even gotten out of bed. So it goes to show you how much damage you can do in the first one to two hours of your day if you're not careful. Now, that may surprise, overwhelm, scare you, because you might be thinking, oh my God, what's he gonna get me to do? What's he, well not get you to do, suggesting that I do. The answer is there is genuinely nothing complicated. In fact, the simpler that you can make it, the better, because the less friction, the more likely you're going to stick to it, the easier it's going to be, particularly in the morning when it's first thing and you've just woken up and you're like, oh, I don't even know what day of the week it is or what my name is. This stuff you need to keep simple. And what you'll often hear is people who are outliers, who are incredibly successful and power to them, tell you about their very intricate, very unique four hour morning routines. I think a lot of the time, whilst those people speak with passion and they speak with the best of intentions, they've somewhat fallen out of touch 
with uh, with us with us regular folk, you know, who have jobs and responsibilities and all of this sort of jazz. They, you know, they also tend to live in um, nicer climates and stuff like this. And they don't necessarily appreciate the fact that in the Northern Hemisphere, particularly in like the UK, it's cold, dark and raining for about six months of the year. So what I will try and do today is give you a realistic routine, um, something that I stick to as much as I possibly can. And I know for an absolute fact that when I do, I feel my best. The important thing to say before I get into it, and I'll say this several times because it is very important, is this isn't going to be something that you do once and 10x is your life. All of this stuff, whether it's your fitness, your diet, your mindset, your sleep, your water intake, everything, you're looking for the small marginal compound gains. They'll be like compound interest. If you don't know what that is, I'm not going to explain it in this video. Maybe I will do another video on compound interest. Make some finance, finance, throw in some finance on this channel. Um, but I want you to really remember that this isn't a quick fix kind of deal. And also, if what I'm telling you is a very drastic change, but you want to give it a go, then appreciate the fact that on particularly on day one, if you're going to try this tomorrow, it's, it's going to suck. You're going to hate yourself. You're probably going to hate me too. And that's fine. Send me death threats. I'm, I'm, I'm good. So the first, I suppose we could, we could look at this in two ways. We could look at what you should do or what you shouldn't do. Let's look at it from what you shouldn't do, because I expect a lot of these things are things that people are currently doing. People often will wake up to an alarm, the same alarm they've been waking up to for years. They won't have slept very well because of the night before and the fact that they were on their phone or their laptop or their TV too late with no blue light blocking glasses on. I should have worn my blue light blocking glasses for this video, that would have been sick. And the morning routine really starts the night before. So a lot of people will say, I'm a night owl or a, what do they call it, morning lark? I don't even know what a lark is. I'm gonna guess it's a bird, because owl and it would make sense. It's not gonna be like a, a type of dolphin or a doorstop, is it? Um, they'll say they're one of those two things. They are identities. That is something that you have chosen to identify as, okay? And we're not getting into gender politics here. The, the fact of the matter is, is that we are all pretty much on the same circadian clock. If you um, took away electricity for a week in a city, guaranteed, we would all be falling asleep and waking up within about 30 to 60 minutes of each other. If there was no... If there was no uh, unnatural light. We are all programmed basically by the sun. And the closer that you are to that is probably the better. Now, of course, there's a complication here. Again, Northern Hemisphere, even me down here in Southern Spain, sunrise in the winter isn't until 8.30. So you kind of have to buck that trend. What I would not do is stay in bed late I would try to avoid waking up to an alarm, which means going to bed at a reasonable time the night before. I would get out of bed as fast as possible. So one of the first things that you can look to do, which is an actionable, practical thing, is make sure that your alarm is out away from your bed to the point where you have to stand up to turn it off. There's people who will say that they'll sleep with their phones outside of their room. 
I've never done that. I'm not at that level. Maybe I'll try that this year. But obviously, you'd need to then replace it with like a radio clock, which, you know, they're super cheap. You can get one on Amazon for like a tenner, I'm guessing. Um, everything on Amazon's like a tenner, isn't it? <laughs> um, but you want to have your alarm out of your out of reach, basically. So you have to get out of bed to turn it off. That is going to discourage you from going back to bed. Full disclosure, today, I actually turned my alarm off because I tried to avoid snoozing it and I fell back asleep for 30 minutes. That's very rare. I don't do that very often. But that is a good point. You want to avoid snoozing as much as possible because that actually can cause um, spikes, I suppose, irregularities in your heartbeat because uh, obviously you're getting like a shock with that. And obviously, you know, in, in the, the one or two days, that's not going to be that much of a problem. But if you're snoozing your alarm four, five, six times and then doing that every single day for years, that's probably going to add up to taking a, a year or two off of your life. And if you think about it, a whole a whole year or two being taken off of your life just because you hit the snooze button on your iPhone. That, 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 you know, that's something pretty ridiculous that we can all move away from. So phone, if you're going to use your phone, alarm away from your bed so that you have to get out of bed to turn it off. Number one. Number two, light. So Andrew Huberman is the biggest advocate of this stuff. He'll talk about like the more, I can't really, I think it's, uh, I might butcher this, I might get this wrong. It's, I think it's photons. You basically want to get as much natural light as you can as early as possible. Now, of course, you're going to be dictated by sunrise and weather, but you don't need to be staring into the sun. I mean, like today, for, you can't see, but it's not sunny here today, but there is enough natural light for me to get that natural light. So as soon as the sun comes up, you're waking up before the sunrise, let's say that's fine, but as soon as the sun comes up, you want to be getting as much natural light as possible. So as soon as you wake up, opening curtains, lifting up blinds, all of that sort of stuff. So as soon as the light comes in, you're going to get it. So opening yourself up to the world, effectively. If it's not minus 27 outside, I'd also recommend fresh air as well. That's a massive uh, helper when it comes to waking up. Because what, basically what we're trying to do with our morning routine, the real goal of it all is to prime ourselves, is to get ourselves in a position we are... You're, it's like you're booting up a computer. You want that computer to boot up, boot up like a MacBook, not like a Windows computer. If you've had both and you know that you'll know the difference. Like Windows computers take literally minutes to boot up MacBooks. I could close this, it's right here, open it like that, okay? So you wanna be able to boot yourself up like a MacBook, not like a Windows computer, okay? And all of the actions that we're describing here are helping you to do that. So number one, alarm away from your bed. Number two, light and fresh air if you can, okay? Number three is food. So I'm really excited about this one because for a long time, Intermittent fasting has been one of these like hyped up methods, because that's what it is, methods of eating that people will swear by and say it's amazing for fat loss and weight loss. And as a result of that, have now demonized breakfast. They are saying that breakfast is for the devil, it's for pussies, and you're a terrible human being who deserves to be locked up in jail if you dare to have breakfast. So excited. The science has proven that they were all wrong. Um, so first of all, we just need to de deconstruct this a little bit. So intermittent fasting is, is not skipping breakfast because breakfast by its very nature is breaking your fast. So whether you're eating your first meal of the day at 2 p.m. or at 6 a.m., you're having breakfast because you're breaking your fast. So you're not skipping breakfast. You're just skipping eating at that time of the day, okay? So that's the first thing we need to say. 
Secondly, the science that I'm talking about has found two things. And the first one might surprise you, it surprised me. The second one, once you hear it, you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. So the first one is that they have now found that we are at our most metabolic in the mornings. So that means that when we get up and we have our first meal and it's in the morning, we are going to be able to absorb more nutrients in that meal than basically any other meal throughout the day, okay? Still early stages of the sort of discovery of this process, of this science. So obviously it's gonna be interesting to see how that develops and these findings develop as they then build up the studies. What tends to happen with these studies is where it's safe, they'll just, they'll do them in humans. So I imagine this one probably wasn't even bothered being done in animals, probably went straight to humans, but I imagine it was a relatively small sample size. Now they've kind of found this, what they'll probably do is 10x the sample size to see if they find the same result. If they do it, it, it effectively gets written into science law. I mean, it's not really a thing, but you know what I mean. Um, so you're kind of ahead of the curve knowing this, but yeah, so we are at our most metabolic. I think that's the best way to describe it. I'm not a scientist. I'm a nutritionist and personal trainer, but I'm not a, a, a scientist. We're our most metabolic. We will absorb the most amount of nutrients from an early meal in the day. And the second piece of finding from this, and again, this is the one that's more logical and makes sense, is that... If you're eating later in the day, digestion is a energy consuming process. It takes energy to digest our food. And as a result of you spending energy digesting your food, if you're eating at like say eight, nine, 10 p.m. in Spain here or in Italy, places like that, the Mediterranean countries, they love to eat later in the day. Okay, so it's very much ingrained into the culture. But that's actually going to cannibalize your sleep because the effects of digestion is stopping you from getting into certain deep sleep levels that you want to get to be fully restored, rested and recovered. So the science is basically saying that we wanna be getting up early, eating early and finishing eating early in our day. The best way that it was described to me and I'll say it to you was to eat with the sun effectively. So start eating with sunrise and stop eating with sunset. Basically, the more regular that you can be around the sun, the better, okay? So that's a big thing to take away from this. So we've talked about um, light, air, alarms, food, caffeine. So caffeine is one of those drugs that is, I think it's, the, it's the now the number one drug in the world. It's amazing, right? It's a superpower and it's, it's got a lot of positives, but it also comes with a couple of potential negatives if you're abusing it. Caffeine's a pretty straightforward one. Try not to try to avoid it in the first hour of the day and try not to have it after midday 1 p.m. And without going too much into the detail, the science of it, it's all to do with the half-life of the caffeine, which basically means that it takes six hours for just half of the caffeine to leave your body. It then takes another six hours for half of that half to leave and so on and so forth. So if you're having like, the worst thing you do is have coffee with dinner. If you're having coffee with dinner, you are permanently caffeinated. You are never actually sleeping that well, okay? And what you're probably going to find here, guys, you've probably spotted the trend already, is all of this stuff, all of this morning routine is built around to help you sleep as well as possible. So the morning routine, like I said, really starts the night before with the evening routine. Blue light blockers on, stop eating with the sunset, try to put the screen down at a certain time where you know like you're going to be going to bed in the next hour, get into bed at least 30 minutes before you want to be asleep because you, you will take sort of 20 to 30 minutes, even if you are a fast sleeper, 
to really get into a restorative sleep state and then give yourself at least seven hours of actual sleep. So work that back. If you want to get up at 7 a.m., you would say, okay, well, I need to be in bed then by midnight, okay? At the latest, that's to get your seven hours. But no, not really. You actually wanted to be in bed by 11.30, which means you'd want to be to have the screens, phones, all that stuff down by, where are we? Uh, sort of 10, 10.30, absolute latest. But I would actually encourage you to get up earlier in the day. And again, we're going very much on my findings with this stuff now. But that first hour of the day between, let's say, 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. In the UK, I actually got up at 5 a.m. But here in Spain, I get up at 6 because I, and I still think I'm, I, I think I actually am the first person in Spain up in the morning, like consistently, genuinely. <laughs> it's insane. Like if you go outside, it's even at 7 a.m., there is no one on the street. It's wild. Obviously, I'm used to London, where 7 a.m. is like rush hour, basically. The beauty of that first hour of the day is, for someone like myself, it, it gives me that time to boot up, to get going with the day, to plan my day out, to sort of get in a good, positive headspace. You don't need that hour. Some people can get up and go like that. And I'm pretty good at it sometimes, but I find most of us, you know, we've gone to bed with some, some, some level of strain or worry or anxiety. And it takes a little bit of time when we wake up to clear that out of our system. As much as the sleep is there to do that, I find it takes a little bit of time in the morning as well. So getting up early, I find, is a bit of a superpower. If you identify as a, a night owl, they've pretty much disproven all of this stuff. You're a human being, which means really that you're waking, you should be waking up with the sunrise and falling asleep basically with the sunset. Okay, so... You can sit there and stew in your identity and that's absolutely fine. I'm not saying you're a bad person for being a night owl. And sometimes you've got to pull those late nights. I get that. And, and then, of course, it's going to potentially compromise your sleep. But for the most part, I would strongly encourage you to try to become a morning person. Because guess what? I've been both. In my early 20s, I used to say to myself and tell other people I'm a night owl. And then around sort of late 20s, early 30s, it was definitely late 20s actually because I remember I started... I was living in Hammersmith and I used to go to the fitness first and I used to get there for 6am. I actually remember being in that fitness first in 2016 when pretty much no one was awake and I walked into the changing room and it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. There were three men just standing there, bollock naked, staring at this tiny little TV screen that was in the top. And I was like, I had my headphones in. I was like, what the heck is going on? And they just announced Brexit, that the UK was leaving the European Union. And it, at the same time, uh, David Cameron was resigning. And <laughs> the country had fallen apart in the space of about 26 minutes. And no one, was, no one was awake. Like, there were a few people in gyms or, like, early risers or the bin men or whatever it might be who were aware of this. Everyone else was blissfully asleep, assuming that we're obviously not going to leave the EU. That would be the dumbest thing in the world. Um, and yeah, we did. So I'll never forget that. So I started doing the morning routines when I was about 28 and it takes some adjustment, but just like that, I'm a morning person. So you, you can switch if you choose to identify, it's like choosing to identify that you're lazy or you're fat or whatever it might be. If you don't shift your identity, nothing's going to change. Okay. Woo. We've covered a lot there. I'm running up to 20 minutes, guys. I could, I, I could genuinely do an hour on this, to be honest. Um, but I think I've given you enough to think about there. Hopefully that some of that's useful. Hopefully some of that's logical and makes sense. And I'd encourage you to give it a go. I think as much as you can, getting fresh air, getting light, um, 
you know, uh, the other thing I should say, actually, the very last one is, is doing something that you might necessarily not want to do, but is going to give you some kind of small win in the day. So it could, the, the extreme of that is like exercise. Some people, myself included, love to train early in the morning. I admit, I don't train as early as I used to. I used to be up and in the gym by 6, 7 a.m. Now I'm more of like a 9 a.m. person in the gym. But there's people, you can go up and go and do a spinning class or whatever it might be. And that's going to make you feel amazing. You're going to walk into the office or get back to your homework and feel incredible. Everyone else is still going to be like this, working on the laptops at 9 a.m. You're going to feel absolutely insanely good. But um, if you uh, if you just do something that you don't necessarily want to do, it doesn't have to be something that difficult, but something that challenges you a little bit, something that makes you remember and realize that you're capable of doing it. I think that's super, super powerful. And the very last thing I'm going to say, because I've just remembered, it's not going to take me long, don't worry, is positivity. You want to be in a positive state as fast as possible. And let's imagine in a best case scenario, you wake up and you're in a positive state, okay? If you think about the things that could negate that, the media, just stay away from it. I guarantee you nothing has happened. Trust me, I, I have not looked at the news once in four months. I have no idea what's going on, but I guarantee you nothing much has changed. If something monumental, monumental, that was genuinely imp going to impact me was happening, someone would have told me. Guaranteed. Media, stay away from it. It's all negative bullshit anyway. Most of it's bullshit anyway. Um, and number two is your phone, right? Your phone is has the ability to be incredibly positive or incredibly negative. I had this conversation with someone today, actually. How you curate your social media could actually dictate how you'll curate your entire life. If you're following people or you've got people in your circle who are negative or putting other people down or whatever it might be, then you, you don't want to be absorbing that first thing in the morning when you're already just trying to wake up, okay? So just be careful with your phone, be careful with what you're putting into your body in terms of food, in terms of caffeine, in terms of consumption of media, all of that sort of good stuff. Woo! I did not expect this to run 22 minutes, but I really do hope that was useful, guys. If you are watching till the end, I love you, and I'll see you tomorrow.